0: Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.
2: Do you need a consultant to help keep your plants alive? Yes, I do. Can <laughs> could really use some help there. And then once I have one, I can actually start buying some plants. Mm-hmm. Never buy plants because, well, it never ends well. Also, would you sign a dating prenup? It is Friday, the 22nd of February, 2019, we're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, you know how when your favorite team wins, you know, if you really stop and think about it, you didn't actually contribute to that win, right?
0: I don't know about that. There are a lot of fans that believe they pay play a very large part.
2: Oh, for sure. Like if you wore your lucky socks or you uh-huh. held your breath for the entire third quarter or whatever.
0: Or just being there to cheer them on.
2: Right. But even though scientifically we literally have nothing to do with our team's performance, we do feel like we do. Mm-hmm. And according to this study, when your favorite team wins a big game, it gives you a big boost of confidence. One that can last for two entire days. Oh, wow. There is also good news. If your team loses, that will not affect your self-esteem.
0: That was going to be my absolute first guess. <laughs> that was going to be my first question. So how horrible do we feel when they lose?
2: Yeah, if your team wins. you
0: know here.
2: <laughs> if your team wins, you feel great, and some of that winning glow rubs off on you. But if they lose, you can be like, well, who cares? I mean, it's not like I was the one who was playing it's not my fault those bums lost. And you kind of move on with your life. Right. That is the essence of being a sports fan in a nutshell right there. Although there are the guys whose week is ruined. Yeah. But those seem to be more the exception Than the rule,
0: unless that's just the way it is around here, (laughs) right? (laughs) We're just so used to, yeah, we had that
1: second date update that this week. Do you remember that guy that was all upset about the Bengals losing in the game? And Mm. she was like, I can't go out with you again because you take it too serious.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. From uh, last, last Bengals season, that game against the Falcons. Well, who says only little girls are allowed to dream about their wedding day? Maybe we need to get that antiquated gender stereotyping out of here. Little boys can and I'm sure do sometimes dream about it too. But according to this new survey, they say two-thirds of men have been dreaming about their wedding since they were a little kid. I don't know that I buy that, and I'm not sure who wrote this report, if it was written by a man or a woman, but it came from Yahoo News, so I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Here are some more results from that survey. Two-thirds of men say they were just as excited as their spouse on their wedding day, or more excited. Well, that's nice. I would hope so, since you're marrying the woman of your dreams. I hope. The average man has five panic moments during the wedding planning process. I wonder if they're the same panic moments that the bride has, or if they're completely different.
3: Oh, absolutely the same.
2: Oh, the seating chart! Ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: something like
0: She's
2: that. She's freaking about the seating chart, and he's freaking out about holy crap! I'm really gonna get married to this yeah. woman.
1: He's thinking for the rest of my <laughs> life, right till death us yes. part. Those uh-huh.
0: are big words. Whoa!
2: Oh my god, we're about to crack <laughs> over the seating chart. In uh, the five planning areas that men are most involved in, who's in the wedding party, the guest list, the budget, of course. Picking a date and the invitations. Yeah, I know a lot of guys. You know, I like you. Why don't you leave the music and the DJ and the entertainment to me? I'll arrange that. Mm-hmm. We want a band or we want a DJ, and I was given the responsibility of the party favors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think those are good responsibilities for you. <laughs> there are not. I wouldn't trust all men. Oh, to that for certain. No, no, because no.
1: the music that we would both like in common would have to be very broad considered yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i love everything from the stuff we play on a 2 to country music to classics and maybe we would just be listening to like rock if you know scott I had to like pick it pick. or hip-hop
2: right but before we get married let's not put the cart before the horse we still have to get past the dating phase And I totally understand that it's good to be honest and lay out exactly what you want, what you don't want out of it.
1: Always feel confident on your second date with help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440
0: or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com.
2: New relationship, but is this really the right way? Because apparently, some couples, believe it or not, have started signing dating prenups. That's where they basically each lay out their demands for the relationship what they want, what they don't want, and I guess who gets to keep the stuff if they break up, right? It's not clear if the couples. We just had a topic conversation yesterday about what would you love if you had the opportunity? What have you stolen back from your ex, or what would you like to steal back from your ex? With the dating prenup, that stuff would be worked out. It's not clear if the couples are actually going to a lawyer and making the contract binding or if it's just something that you put together yourself early on in the relationship. But either way, do you really need one?
0: I, uh, you know, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might help. Maybe
3: it, if you move in together, it might help avoid uh, issues down the road.
2: Well, one relationship expert says we expect our partners to read our minds. I mean, how many times have you been disappointed that your partner didn't know that you were feeling this way or that you were feeling low or blue or down or upset or angry about something? It's because we expect our partners to read our minds or read the cues, read the signals. So it all just seems very unromantic, but... You can't rely on the prenup when you're angry, emotional, or projecting baggage to guide you through those times.
1: I think if you have a pet involved as well, like, you know, a lot of couples before they get married, they buy like a dog or
0: something.
2: Who gets custody monkey. Yeah, yeah, that monkey. should be
1: in like the dating
0: <laughs> prenup, don't you think? It's just so hard because, you know, we get into writing one of these prenups, then you're Sitting down, and you're putting yourself in the space of breaking up with this person. Yes. And who wants to do that when when love is new? Yeah. Do you, because you want to believe, well, this, this will be forever.
3: Or when you're, you know, taking this adventure, and then you're like, oh, page two, article
2: 12-5. <laughs> you're not supposed to do this. <laughs> right. I don't know. Remember that. You're yeah.
1: violating the prenup. Yeah. I, I just want
2: to refresh your memory on that
0: point. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But- If we do decide to consciously uncouple, these are the terms. Sign here, please.
0: Well, if you're consciously uncoupling, you don't need a piece of paperwork to do that. You're able to just work that out calmly and rationally and lovingly in the moment.
2: Well, you can calmly and rationally write it down on paper.
0: (laughs) But that's the thing, too, is I don't, you know, I don't. How can I say today what I'm going to want in a year?
1: Oh, you can
2: renegotiate. Yeah, that's going to
1: be my next question. And what if you obtain some additional assets or other things? You know, like say something happens and you're dating and you end up getting a house together or you you end up getting a car. Yeah,
2: you can revise. Yeah. It's just just like your will. You know, this is my last known will and testament. this This is our last known prenup for now anyway, until we do buy more stuff. By the way, apparently the market has hit the tooth fairy's pockets hard once again because her payouts continue to slip year after year. Last year, the average price per tooth was $4.13. That price has dropped another 43 cents down to $3.70. Whoa. Yeah, tooth fairies are hurting. Uh, A first lost tooth is worth a little bit more, just under $5, but that number is also down from last year because last year it was $5.70. That's a 13% decrease.
3: That's crazy. I think the biggest tooth fairy gift I ever got was a $2 bill. Yeah. It's usually like a dollar coin or something.
0: Yeah, And that was probably for one of the big front ones. Yeah. Yeah.
3: 50 cent piece.
2: Yeah, $2 bills and 50 cent pieces are like regular tooth fairy currency in that world. Yeah,
0: but it just doesn't get you very far these days. You know, I think (laughs) if you really want to incorporate, uh, what are you going to get? What is a tooth really worth? I mean, a front tooth, isn't that worth a DVD? So shouldn't that kid get at least a 20 spot for a front tooth? No,
1: tooth fairy, no. No? Put all your
3: tooth fairy money in a little piggy bank for when you're in your 40s and you got to buy a crown. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to save your Tooth Fairy money for if you want a DVD. So then when you collect enough, you can get it.
0: I don't know. I'm just questioning the value. I think front teeth might be.
1: I do know. So like a, uh, a little girl that the Tooth Fairy left her a 20 for her first wow. tooth. And I was like, wow, that Tooth Fairy really hit the jackpot that mm-hmm. day. Was
2: mm-hmm. that at your house? No. Huh? No, the Tooth Fairy just liked that little girl she must have, there must have been something special about her
1: it was the first tooth
2: because yeah. the tooth fairy has been uh tightening her belt and you know she's getting up there she's not as young as she used to be she's on a fixed income now and she's not able to be as generous as she was Stop. In the past. jeff
0: is making all of this up about the tooth fairy the tooth fairy is fine it's tariffs she's doing well the tooth fairy is like santa <laughs> claus <the> tariffs.
2: <laughs> she's fine Don't worry. By the way, the tooth fairy is the most generous in the western U.S., where teeth are currently worth $4.19. Man. And the south is second at $3.91 per tooth. The northeast is only 5 cents above the national average at $3.75, but the kids in the Midwest get the least, only $2.97 per tooth.
0: Wow, we're a bunch of cheap bums.
2: Even though they're pretty big. Not us. It's the tooth tooth fairy, you know. She's decided that midwestern teeth are just not as she's a coastal. Elite. Valuable, she is the Tooth Fairy a coastal <laughs> elitist.
1: <laughs> do you um? Do you guys still have your baby teeth? I don't have mine, but I have a one a of Jacobs. Them? Like any, like, oh. of Jacobs. <laughs> I know the Tooth Fairy takes a lot of the teeth, but a lot of you know sometimes every now and then you'll still have them. one.
3: Yeah. What's funny is I was uh, at my parents' house over the weekend. Not
1: in your mouth, you ding dong. <laughs>
3: mom... Oh my god! Like, this one right here. No, so. uh, my mom pulled out this folder. She's like, "Here, I I found this while I was cleaning out the closet, and it was a folder of all of my baby records from going to the the babe the pediatrician, like uh-huh. for my first year, like what I weighed and all this other stuff. Oh and, wow, um, that's
1: pretty impressive. And I was
3: like, "What's in this blue envelope? I, like, pfft, opened it up. It was my first haircut hair.
0: Oh, oh yeah, you had to like that. Mm. Not, all, not
3: all of it, but just like a yeah. couple of curls and they were like folded up in a tissue. I was like, I wow, I really that too. Had light hair.
0: Yeah, was they I mean they sell stuff yeah. now. For, oh yeah, y- they do you know, baby's first tooth and all of and hair and well, keepsake yeah, keep like stuff. Yeah, they have like a little um we actually were given and...
1: one that is like a cardboard box that has the little drawers that like pull out and on the front of it it does say like first haircut or you know if the tooth fairy leaves the tooth you can put it in here
0: yeah
1: I don't even know where that is but I remember (laughs) receiving (laughs) it you know you got it it is
2: 735 with Jeff and Jen here at Cincinnati's Q102
3: (laughs) a mouthful of baby teeth
1: You and I are on a roll this week. I'm telling you. (laughs) Oh, Lord. She thinks I'm funny, Jen.
2: (laughs) I think you're hilarious. So this sounds like satire, but it is real. Some millennials are now hiring consultants to keep their plants alive. And there is no judgment coming from me because I would absolutely do this.
0: I just recently got a plant in the past couple of weeks. A real Yay. one. Well, from this the monthly subscription, <laughs> a plant uh, subscription. Uh, no, it's called Lunarly, and it's got it's all of this stuff, this planetary astrological. Did I see all any of that during of the home tour stuff? No, because I've only been involved with this one for a short time. Okay, but they sent me a plant. And I haven't had a plant in decades because I do tend to kill them. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting because I'm trying very hard to keep this one alive. Maybe I need a consultant. Exactly what do they do and how much do they cost?
1: I'm really good at keeping plants alive. Maybe I could sign up for this job.
2: They help with things like watering schedules, using the right type of fertilizer. They also help pick out plants that are easy to keep alive and don't require a ton of maintenance. Some of them offer uh, plant-sitting services while you're out of town, and it seems like it's a lucrative business because the New York Post interviewed a few different consultants, and they can make hundreds of dollars per project. Wow! In fact, one guy who does it says he makes an average of around $300 per client. Wow. Yeah. He said some people just want him to buy the plants himself, and sometimes they get super involved like they're picking out a wedding dress. But... Uh, My friend Tony gave me a cactus plant. Oh, nice. And I loved it. And I was on a fairly regular schedule of keeping this thing. You know, it's the lowest maintenance plant you can buy. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and I loved it. And uh, eventually that sucker just bit the dust. Yeah, it did. And it's a
1: cactus, though. What were you doing wrong?
2: I Well, I, I evidently water wasn't it watering it enough. Mm. Well, and I would go away for long stretches, and I would forget about it, and I wasn't very consistent. So that's part of the problem. But I really liked that plant, and it inspired me. You know what? I could get better at this. Yeah. But now that these mm-hmm. plant consultants, I may just do that. Yeah. I don't know how the cats would do with your plants.
0: Oh, they might eat them or yeah, dig just, in them?
2: Well, that's true, too. crap out of them. That's another reason why the cactus plant worked out so well, because they never seem to yeah. want anything to do with that. You it's know true. those
1: orchids that you can get at Kroger, um, like, usually around, like, Easter? You yeah. always have those really beautiful, like, orchids there. Kristen
2: has those in her house. Yeah,
1: so Scott gave me one of those, um, gosh, I don't know, maybe, like, four years ago uh-huh and i've had it alive
2: ever since, ever since knock well, on wood yeah. and, and it
1: buds still as well like that's the thing you can keep the plant alive but you don't always get like those orchid buds now on it.
2: do you water it because Kristen just puts ice cubes in them every so that's days.
1: something you can do you can i put water in but you can just add like a few ice cubes yeah. and it's usually like right there on the little tag it comes and it'll say put like four ice cubes every three days or mm-hmm. whatever
2: Apparently, most plant consultants work on their own, and they get the majority of their clients through Instagram, but a website called The Sill is getting in on it now, too. They have a Plant Parenthood Club. Get it? Plant Parenthood.
1: Oh, that's cute.
2: For 40 bucks a year, and they offer classes like How to Pick a Planter and Watering 101. The woman who started it says that some of her clients get really into it, almost like their plants are their children. Some of them even use the term plant babies. Apparently, one of the big motivators behind all this is social media. People want their plants to be more Instagram friendly, and they're willing to spend a lot of money to make it happen. So hmm. there you go. You kind of want to get better. You want you want them in your life. You just don't want the hassle or the bother or you're just you not good at it. Q102, Jeff and Jen, mainly cloudy. Uh, a few breaks. So that, you know, might see a little bit of sunshine out there. And a high around 47. It is 36 with Jeff and Jen at Cincinnati's Q102. First, New York changed the sound of their sirens. Or at least they've been talking about it anyway. Remember that discussion? That how New York was thinking about changing the sirens to make them less noisy.
0: Because they are loud. How do you deal with the noise? You just ignore it? Trying the TV up. Put your head underneath the covers.
2: I mean, it's a it's a loud city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hear that a lot. All the time. You hear that siren? Okay. I mean, you're thinking of switching to this? Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the that's the American version.
0: It's just if you're gonna live in a big city, you just got to expect
2: that. You got to expect and that.
0: No, I mean, I don't know if one if one can get more pleasant than.
2: <laughs> well, if they
0: can make it birds chirping and waterfalls, then that would be great. But
2: right. <laughs> That's the European sound. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about changing down to police cars, ambulances, and all emergency vehicles. Now, Canada is thinking about making a change. The city of Ottawa is changing the sounds its snow plows and trucks make when they back up. Instead of the beep, 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 it's more like static. Listen to this. Versus.
0: What do you think? I don't know. I kind of think they're equally bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is the old
2: version, and that's the new version. It's supposed to reduce noise pollution, and they claim you'll still hear it if you're behind the truck. They're just worried that people might not associate the new sound with the truck backing up, because when you hear this, you're like, oh, get out of the way, truck's backing up. But then when you hear this, well, you know enough to get out of the way. So that's the old sound versus the, that's that's the big thing in Canada right now. That's what they're debating. <laughs> that's the big topic of discussion. It is 752 with Jeff and Jenny here at Cincinnati's Q102. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show podcast brought to you by CBG Airport.
0: Start your trip at CBG